Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Businesses are struggling during the pandemic, no question. The uncertainty around what comes next is a major factor. For some, finding the resources to make the necessary changes to pivot is difficult. There are a number of provincial and federal programs meant to assist them, but not everyone meets the criteria, especially if you are a woman running a small business. As you will hear in this interview, there are a number of challenges that are truly unique. This story will look at a federal program aimed at helping these entrepreneurs. Here is my interview with Aaron Gibb, owner of Whistling Willow Designs in Coburg, Andrea Bull, a naturopathic doctor with a home office in Warkworth, and Wendy Curtis, the executive director of the Northumberland Community Futures Development Corporation, or Northumberland CDFC. I'm so pleased to have with me today Aaron Gibb, owner of Whistling Willow Designs based in Coburg, and Dr. Andrea Bull, a naturopathic doctor with a home office in Warkworth, as well as Wendy Curtis, the executive director of the Northumberland Community Futures Development Corporation, or Northumberland CDFC. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Let's begin with you telling us a bit about yourself and your business. Can I start with you, Erin? Um, well, I am a um, e-commerce business, flower business, owned locally here in Coburg. Um, so I run a flower shop online um, that. I am able to distribute flowers through throughout the local community, um, as well as Canada-wide and um, internationally through various floral networks. And um, I also do uh, gourmet gift baskets and currently just expanding the business with um, some lines that I'm creating, some merchandising lines that I'm creating. Um, that will be launched in 2021. Great. Thank you. Uh, Andrea, would you tell us a bit about your business? Yes. Um, I've been a naturopathic doctor since 2006, and I did have an office in Campbellford um, during the spring lockdown um, before the RHP PA practitioners were allowed to come back. The owner of the clinic changed my contract, so it wasn't financially feasible for me to return. So um, I still needed to be able to serve all of my patients of Campbellford and north of Campbellford. Um, I see a wide variety of patients treating a wide variety of conditions using all naturopathic means. Um, I've been, I grew up here um, and then we moved back back in 2001 and I've been growing my business ever since. When the pandemic hit, what was the impact on your business before you received any support? Andrew, you started to explain a little bit of the impacts. What other things took place? 
Well, we were in complete lockdown. So I went from having an income to nothing. And I had my kids home. I had no designated office space. Um, and for um, people in my particular scenario, the CERB was not covering us. So it wasn't until I want to say late April where they were starting to figure out that the CERB was just not covering because it was for people who made zero. So I was still making a little something, probably a quarter or an eighth of what my usual income was, but you had to be making zero. So I went from, you know, working full time, making uh, my income to nothing. And of course, your business is very much about seeing people face to face and being able to relate to them. So uh, I'm sure that must have had an impact as well. Yeah. And especially some of the treatments, they're hands on. So we couldn't even we couldn't have those. And what we were being told is that we could only provide it if it was emergency or essential. But at that point, it left a lot of us scrambling to figure out virtual platforms, what are secure, having to pay for different services, like how do you send a fax? How do you set all of these things up? And with no income coming in, but you have to do something to survive, it's just... You, you're just doing what you could do basically at that time. Erin, could you tell us what your business was like before the pandemic hit? Um, well, before the pandemic hit, it was just a steady, you know, steady orders coming in. And then in actual fact, when the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown, my only concern was um, because I was already e-commerce, I didn't, I've always been an e-commerce business. Um, I've never been an actual physical brick and mortar. So for me, the transition was really, really simple because I already had computer systems in place. I already had websites built, already had a client base that um, I was able to deliver to. Um, the only concern to me was my suppliers and what was coming in because shipments were being cut off from uh, various international markets due to lockdown overseas for imported flowers. But in actual fact, it, business has done very well for the floral industry. Um, and if you were able to adapt quickly to the changeover to an e-commerce, and work with the local suppliers, um, it actually broadened our market and really marketed our market very, very well um, for the local Ontario growers, for the growers um, right across Canada. Um, it really kind of allowed everybody to collaborate together, come together and work together with each other. It ended up that we had a couple of suppliers that closed their doors. Um, and just never came back again, uh, which was fine. We had one supplier that we've stayed with. And um, as long as they're in business, I'm in business. And as long as the our customer base is flexible on the flowers that we have coming in and they're not asking for something impossible, then, then we're good. But on a happy note, we were good. And like Andrea was saying, the CERB was far too, it, it didn't work for me. I was making money. I wasn't being cut off completely. And I had no other um, 
form of income. This was my business. That was it. I am, you know, being a single parent, I had to figure it out. It was like, okay, if my supplier's done, I need to figure something out and keep business going, keep things active. If I have to change up when I'm offering the community, then that's what I do. And with this program, it allowed me to be able to have that working capital to go, okay, I need to reevaluate the business, re-expand this because this um, COVID's not going anywhere. Okay. It's going to stay here for a while and, and we need to adapt. Uh, and okay. so, um, it allowed me to, to be able to do that. Before we get too deep into how the grant helped you, I, I want to talk just a little bit more about the business programs that were being offered. You both mentioned the CERB. Were there any other programs, because there's just been so many press releases and government announcements, were there any other programs, either provincial or federal, that you applied for or that were of any use to you at all? There was nothing for me. Um, I wasn't qualifying. Um, I was either, um, I just wasn't fitting into their bracket as to what my business was. And, um, and it was, I was either making too much money or not making enough money. Okay. So, and it, I was just, so once this program came in, I was like, okay, this is good. I can apply for this. All right. Andrea, how about yourself? Were, were there any other programs that you applied for or you tried to get? I couldn't, I didn't fit in with any of the brackets. A lot of them were, um, you know, larger businesses that were pulling in a, a certain income for the company and had to have a certain number of employees. Um, i I really wasn't fitting into any category whatsoever other than when they, they brought out the CERB where, and I still had to watch because they put parameters on the amount you made monthly. Um, but that's hard for a self-employed person to, you know, be able to say, okay, well, I have to be I'm not making what I am, but I have to be under this in order to qualify for that, even though you're only making a quarter of what your your normal income is. So there really wasn't anything that I was fitting into. There still isn't, even with some of the things that they're still coming out with, I still don't fit in. So now the, the two of you received some grants from the federal government to help you stay in business during the pandemic. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit more. But before I do, Wendy, can you just briefly summarize for us the RE3, the Rebuild, Reopen, Revive initiative. Okay, thank you. And, and by the way, it's nice to meet both of you ladies. I, I applaud you for everything that you're doing to keep your businesses growing and, and expanding during this time. It's just uh, a roller coaster. Thank the RE3 program is... Um, was designed uh, by our organization in, in partnership with uh, FedDev Ontario. And FedDev Ontario is a regional development agency for Southern Ontario. And uh, they worked with us to develop the RE3 program. And we are executing it and, or have executed across Eastern Ontario. And we also work with some folks in Windsor who were doing Toronto and Western Ontario. But the whole goal of the program was to help uh, businesses, women-led businesses, exactly like yours, um, to help you to stay in the marketplace, maybe pivot as may be appropriate, help to underwrite um, some of the costs associated possibly with either workplace configuration or possibly uh, expanding your activities online 
and transitioning to even more robust activity online. Or in some cases, um, some of our clients have had very specific industry uh, requirements related to permanent PPE. So this was to help underwrite those costs. And we, as you know, Rob, we have a lot of programming historically with the federal government, but this one was unique in the sense that typically our programs, the entrepreneur has to match the funding. So for every dollar up to certain amounts, the entrepreneur actually has to match it. In this case, out of total recognition for the kind of pressures that women-led businesses were under, they were actually not required to match anything. And that's hugely different. Um, it was a maximum grant, as you call it, up to a hundred thousand, I'm sorry, excuse me, don't get excited, girl. Up to $5,000. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I know it was exciting, but no, it's up to $5,000. But what's really important is that it took some of the pressure off um, a situation where the cash flow was already very uh, turbulent. And, you know, our various clients from across East Ontario made the applications, they told their story, and we're very pleased to support approaching 400 different businesses, two of which are here on the on the call today. So, um, it was very uh, a powerful and uniquely timed and perfect little program. Now, Andrea, tell us what you did with your money, your five thousand. Um, we put I put an office in my home, so we um, I the biggest expense really was putting in a bathroom that was accessible to patients because that was necessary. And with looking further down the road, I have three small children. And um, my husband works out of the city. So um, the thought of them either being home for an extended period of time, return to school and another shutdown, which we've already been through, or with the proposed, if one child's sick, then they have to be home until absolutely no symptoms, or you send all the siblings home until no symptoms, that this would still... Um, give me the ability to continue to work, whether it be virtual, online, in-person visits when we were able to, that I can still do my job. And if my kids need to be home, they can be upstairs and um, sort of sequestered away. So it really gave me a lifeline to continue working. Erin, how about you? Well, for me, it was um, updating my computer system and um, having additional computers so that when orders were coming in, we could keep up with the volume that was coming through, as well as um, working with um, more work surfaces so that when bringing in um, extra staff to, in the um, prime seasons of Christmas and the big holidays, I at least had room for um, additional seasonal staff to be coming in and working on work surfaces, as well as we installed and, and updated uh, new shelving units all through throughout um, in a whole other area of uh, the property so that then that way for inventory, we could bring in larger volumes of inventory and being able to hold it instead of having multiple deliveries coming in per week, we were able to have um, just a, a larger volume on the shelves. 
Wendy, what's your reaction when you hear these results? Actually, you know, I, I feel, um, uh, how do I say this? I feel such empathy and respect for everything that these entrepreneurs are doing uh, as sort of the barometer of so many across Eastern Ontario that are juggling so many things. I, I'm just so pleased to have done this particular program because I think it touched, like when I hear you say it was a lifeline, you know, yes. for those of us that are helping to design programs or executing them, it really is meaningful to hear those kinds of things. I had an entrepreneur, similar, also a recipient, say, you know, this uh, grant, and it was $5,000, um, allowed them to breathe. Like, those are really powerful words to me because that, I mean, it touches people and their ability. And, and you know, as I listen to the stories where you're juggling children, ju juggling uh, relationships, juggling your business, there is so much in many cases, especially during the springtime and a little bit this fall, so many women entrepreneurs were trying to make sure their children were homeschooled while they're trying to keep the business together and trying to do this and try. Mm -hmm. It's been very hard. And so when I listen to how uh, the, our ability to support you, it's actually very touching and inspiring. And thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I'd like to now ask, why is it important to have programs directed specifically at women? Andrea, why is it important we have women-led businesses being supported in this way? Well, I think um, in general, we tend to be the workforce that either um, during this time, a lot of the time is not considered essential um, or, you know, someone is sacrificing if you have some dependents at home that, you know, someone has to be there with the lockdowns and childcare you can't send to. Um, and I would say women in general, um, we tend to be the workforce where a lot of us are self-employed or we're on the lower income bracket. So um, when, you know, you're trying to decide who's got to sacrifice, it's going to be the person that's on the lower income bracket. So it's sometimes a lot of that. And I would say within the first lockdown, especially a lot of us, we're in the category of being considered non-essential. Um, so I think that's part of it. Erin, what do you think? Well, I, I would have to agree with Andrea. Um, and I've always found it um, difficult being a woman in business. Um, I think the women's movement over the past couple of years has really kind of changed the perspective as to where we sit in the economy and how we support it. Um, I've always felt I've had to fight for um, recognition as to me being a serious business owner, that it's not taken very seriously, um, that once people find out, oh, it's online, oh, Oh, okay. So you, you work from your home is they don't understand that. Yes, I work from home, but I work in a large studio that is on my property that I run a business that is worldwide, um, is accessible from anywhere in the world. If you wished to order, um, it's not a hobby. It's 
it's not a um, just a crafty moment that I'm having that I wish to sell this on just a small uh, social media network. This is an empire that I'm building. This is a business that I'm building that to hopefully one day hand down and to be taken seriously is wonderful. The Ontario Chamber of Commerce just released a study that it looked at business attitudes during the pandemic. From your perspective, Erin, tell us how do you feel right now about the state of things for small business like yours and how confident are you going forward? I'm actually very confident. I'm, um, I, to be honest with you, I've, I've quite enjoyed the, the whole quiet of the lockdown. My daughter's enjoyed being homeschooled. <laughs> um, it's actually, I would have to say, I think it's taken, allowed everybody to kind of take a step back and reevaluate um, what is important to us. Um, and I'm, I'm still able to provide something to the general public that lifts spirits, that um, somebody from out of town that can't see their parents or a friend or a sister, um, I can give them something that that maybe means a little bit more than than just um, ordering a, a you know a physical item that's coming through Amazon. <laughs> that it's it's still here locally. It's being hand delivered. It's there's a handwritten message to them that's personal, and uh, I think that's huge. That's huge to everybody and what's going on. And and um, at the end of the day. COVID's not going anywhere right now. Um, and we just need to kind of follow what we're being told to, to do, follow the guidelines, and we'll get through this. Andrea, how confident are you going forward? Um, I'm pretty confident. Um, with this lockdown, it was a decision at the other clinic I worked at whether or not we were going to continue or shut things down because a lot we're all women there. There's nine of us that work at that clinic and some of us all have kids. And um, the fact that um, they're all regulated healthcare practitioners are allowed to still continue was great. It was great news that we could continue. There's been... Um, no outbreaks reported at any clinics. Everyone's following safety protocols. Um, my only wish is I see I have friends and and uh, family that are are you know estheticians and hairstylists and things like that. And I see you know smaller businesses that have had to shut down, and yet we can go to Costco's and WalMarts and things like that. My heart breaks for some of these really small family-run businesses, you know, that are little bookstores or some of these small places. Yet you can go to Costco and buy these things. So uh, I'm not sure as far as some of those businesses are go. My heart goes out to them. Um, I'm just really ecstatic that they've let us continue. And I hope that 
remains. Um, there's a lot of people really struggling. They're really, really struggling with these lockdowns. Um, the medical system is really, really far behind. Um, so the fact that we can still provide service is wonderful news. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to hold with these variants coming through, what sort of lockdowns are in the future. I'm not sure. All I know is um, what this pandemic has done is it's normalized virtual consults. It's normalized phone consults that people are no longer leery about, oh, I don't know how to do that or what to do. It's, it's forced people online that maybe otherwise wouldn't have. So I think there's a lot of good outcomes. Um, but as far as the future goes, I don't know. I'm hopeful, though. Wendy, how about you? How confident are you for small business going forward? I think, well, certainly some of the smaller sectors of small business are definitely impacted. Um, but at the same time, what I've seen is remarkable pivoting, what we call as, I hate that word now, but it, basically sort of an acceptance of, okay, this is what it's going to look like for a while. So we have to innovate the way that we do business. And we've heard some examples today, but they're happening in every sector um, and particularly small business. But I, I tend to actually look at small business. Um, like I was listening very carefully to what Erin said about, you know, she's got a business and it's legit and it's not a hobby. It's not a craft that she's doing on the side. She's got a legitimate business and she is a full-blooded entrepreneur, okay? And I, and sometimes the word entrepreneur, people tend to think of good, big, huge tech, this and that, you know what, we're talking to two entrepreneurs that have got, you know, their lifeblood on the line and, and it's nothing. I believe that I very positively going forward that we will continue to pivot and, and alter. Aaron Gibb, Andrea Bull, Wendy Curtis. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. That was my conversation with Aaron Gibb, owner of Whistling Willow Designs in Coburg, and Andrea Bull, a naturopathic doctor with a home office in Warkworth, and Wendy Curtis, executive director of the Northumberland CDFC. I want to thank both my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share.
And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.